Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Skip the supermarket and make one stop at Smart and Final. You'll find Farmer's Market freshness, thousands of club sizes, plus everyday groceries and party supplies, where prices are up to 25% lower than supermarkets. Say hello to convenient shopping and everyday low prices on guaranteed high-quality foods, organics, local products, and cool stuff you can't find anywhere else. Come in now or visit smartandfinal.com to find your nearest location for quick delivery to your home or office. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to the Pickaxe Pundit Show. I am Zach Nikosh with DenverStiffs.com. You are listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio Network. Uh, let's get our let's get our social media junk out of the way. You want to follow us at Denver Stiffs on Twitter. Make sure you're following Nothing But Net Radio at NBN Radio. Follow Denver Stiffs on Instagram at the Denver Stiffs and give us a follow and a like on Facebook. All right, easy enough. Let's also get our co-host uh, introduced here. Right, last minute substitution. Ryan Blackburn was going to be on uh, this week. He but he is such a studious fellow. Um, he had to at the last minute. He had to just get get to uh, get to getting some schoolwork done. So um, at least that's the excuse he gave. We'll yeah, he has, to... some, he has some kind of lower body injury, like status unknown. <laughs> right, right, exactly, exactly. So as you can hear, we've got Gordon Gross back again. Gordon, what's up, man? Not much, man. I uh, just got to watch uh, Nuggets win something on the road, so it's like a blue moon out here right now. But that's right, that's right. Of course, Nuggets getting that win last night against the uh, Orlando Magic, um, which was. You know, well, it was – I mean, we're going to get into that. That will probably be the first part of our show. I want to talk about these first three games on this second second longest road trip of the season, the six-game road swing. The Nuggets are halfway through now. Um, so we'll open up with with a discussion on that. Then um, we'll head a break. When I come back, when we come back, we'll take, we'll turn, uh, we'll turn and look forward. We'll check out the, uh, the remaining three games of this road trip and see if we can find a win in there. Um, I don't know if we will. And then finally, yeah, spoiler we, alert, uh, trouble ahead. <laughs> right, right. Uh, finally, we will, um, you know what I got? So I was trying to figure out what else we could talk about on the show, uh, today. And I was like, you know, what? I, I, there's some things that people have just, I constantly am seeing on Twitter from people about talking about the nuggets or on Facebook, uh, Especially if you want to, if you want to hit go into the dregs of things that that make me angry, just check out the comment section on the uh, Denver Nuggets Facebook page. It's, whew, it's rough. But um, so there's there's some things, some gripes that I think Nuggets fans have, and I basically want to I want to talk about them and tell them why they're, well, well, Gordon I know is going to disagree with me on at least one of them. So well, that's what makes it podcast, I, I right? If focus. I just agree with you, then it's not no fun at all. Right, exactly, exactly. That's um, we want to entertain the people. Got to have so. a show, man. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Otherwise, it's it's we're like NPR, uh, you know, which is great. Not not not. Are you banging NPR now? Yeah, now we're gonna have a disagreement. <laughs> right, right. Not to dissuade the good people at uh, National Public Radio. They do they do good work over there. <laughs> all right, all right. Enough 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 funny business. Let's get into it. So this Nuggets road trip, um. It hasn't started out well. Hasn't started out, I think, how uh, certainly not how coach wanted it or the team wanted it to start out. They they of course started in Dallas. I think when you looked at the road trip, you thought to yourself, okay, that Dallas game, that's probably the one that's that's the most winnable, right? Dallas, at right. least from from a high level look, right? Dallas looks like a team. Yeah, they haven't won. Uh, you know, they have a bad record. They're on the kind of the downswing, sort of towards a rebuild, but they were actually pretty hot coming into that game. Right. So that might have been the thing they didn't notice. Plus, as we know, the Nuggets are terrible on the road. So <laughs> that also helps. That that also yeah that that made it easier for Dallas. Um, 
Gordon, what, what were your thoughts on the game? I mean, the, the first thing that I noticed was was the guards. The I I noticed that I would have take take any one of the, any one of the four point guards on uh, uh, on Dallas's team on the Nuggets right now. But uh, it, the, the thing though that I really noticed about them was that they basically got got to the net at will. They got um, whatever they wanted, man, and it wasn't just the guards. Like it's it's Harrison Barnes got whatever he wanted to. Right, right. He had a big game. I mean, it was it was brutal just watching them just coast into the paint. Nobody's in the way. Layup line after you know layup line. It was awful. Um, just nobody stopped the ball. And I mean, if you're not going to stop the ball, that's what they tell you in transition, right? Like you know, you drive the hoop until somebody stops you. Do not dish early. And Dallas paid attention. They were in half court, right. but they were like, "Look, man, if you're not going to stop me, I'm going to go all the way to the rack. It's fine." Right. Well, and, and, and going back to those point guards too, like it's it, what's frustrating about it is that's that's pretty much all all of their game, like right. Yes. I mean, Dennis Smith Jr. He's gonna he's gonna want to drive, drive first. the room. Yeah. Yogi Ferrell, JJ yep. Barea. I mean, these guys all. I mean, Devin Harris maybe a little bit, not as much, but even still, that's his number one move as well. He's, he's just, quick, he's man. Just I mean, that's right. that's his gig is, and he has been his whole time in the NBA is that he's got a, a quick first and he can get by you if you let him. And Denver was like, what? Let him? We would like right. him to. This is a great plan. Right. No problem. I want to see here. I got that box score up. Um, well, I did have that box score up. Uh, there it is. Because uh, I want to see here if I can do some quick math what the what those four guys. Okay, so Dennis Smith had 20. Yeah. Um, Devin Harris had 14, J.J. Barea had 7, and Yogi Ferrell had 16. Those guys combined for 57 points. Easily. Those, those four-point guys, uh-huh. yeah. So, I mean, and none of them played a ton of minutes. I mean, Dennis Smith played 31 minutes, but all those three other guys all came off the bench. I mean, they didn't play a ton of minutes. Um, and they pretty much just – that was – I mean well, – it's, it's not like, it's not like um, Denver's guards didn't score in that game. You know, the, right. the no, problem they were the was only guys who scored. Yes, that, that was the problem was that the guards were the only scoring presence, so they had to both score and defend, and they only did one of those things. And right. uh, like it, like and like I said, we uh, that was another game where it would have been nice if Chandler could have had an, a nice game, and instead, you he know, went one for eleven. Yeah, that did not help <laughs> at all. Right. Uh. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's also one of those games. I mean, it's disappointing because you wanted them to get that win, but they they pretty much you just got to throw it out because they got. Uh, I think they went went wire to wire on that one because it was that first quarter. It got away from them real quick. Um, well, yeah, it and, and it well they came out um, slow. They came out like they they forgot their energy level. They were playing at like sixty percent. And once Dallas figured that out, that they weren't going to get any serious challenges, nobody's going to get up into them. They just yeah. you know they had it easy. And Denver's yep. been making it too easy on people too often, really. Just, I, I think Coach said it that night. Uh, he said, "You know, we didn't make them feel us." Right. Uh, which is, which is essentially no. co- Coach's way of saying, like, get get up on them and and you know play play physical. Right. Uh, and, and you know, you just... take a hard foul occasionally. Like that's fine. If he's going to drive the rim, like stop him from laying it up. Make him go to the line. Right. Make him think about you. You know, maybe you didn't stop him from getting there, but you can stop him from finishing, and they didn't do any of that. Right, and you know, and one thing I wanted to point out too to give give Maver- the Mavericks some credit, um, the one of the reasons too that the the lane was wide open and there was the, Mason Plumley only plays 19 minutes in that game because Rick Carlisle pretty uh, pretty early on there in the second quarter figures out, hey, Mason Plumley can't shoot free throws to save right. his life. Right, I'm just going to start hacking him, and, yeah, and the Nuggets the had to Plumlee. take him out. Yep. And, and, yeah. and it was a great move because, like, what what else can you do? He's the only true center left on the team. Right. But he can't shoot free throws. Like, man, if I was if I was every team, I would be doing that to the Nuggets right now. Anytime Plumlee's in. Yep. And I would expect that. Um, I expect uh, the the Pacers to do that. Um, honestly. Like, yeah. it, there's only there's only so much that Denver can do defensively anyway. Um, and when you replace Mason Plumlee's you know, seven feet with Kenneth Freed six, Lyles. you know, seven or Trey Wiles is six, nine. That's right. all you're going to get. Like, it's not going to be, they cannot do what Mason can do. Even when sometimes Mason can't do what Mason can do. Um, you know, as a, as far as rim protecting or stopping larger men in the paint, like at least making them take outside jump shots. Like those guys can't lean on anybody to make them stop from getting to the basket. Right. Right. 
Yeah, it's um, it's going to be a problem going forward, at least until Jokic gets back. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what the answer is. I guess you just kind of what the, I guess the way they've been playing. You know, they're trying. You just got to try and outscore people right now, one thirty to one twenty-five. Yeah. and that's yeah, that's basically what you're gonna have to do. And I mean, the Nuggets, either that or you you have to at least force them to miss the outside stuff. Like in that right. game, they didn't force them to miss anything. They hit everything. What was their their shooting right. percentage? Was something like fifty-seven percent in Dallas. Like it was awful. Like they hit everything. Yeah, Dallas hit fifty-seven uh, percent. You got it exactly. Right. I, I wrote the recap, man. I remember that game well. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Gordon, Gordon recaps. If you if you want a guaranteed loss, blowout yes. loss, right? Just yeah, wait just... till Gordon's on the recap. Yeah, that that's a guarantee right there. I can I can enjoy an early loss. Like it'll be, it's not even like it's going to keep it close. It'll be an early blowout, worthless game. It's great. You know the funny thing is, so I usually, um, so like I have to watch my my daughter. My my wife goes to night school, so I watch my daughters uh, Monday through Thursday. Uh, so I don't ever, I never sign up for a recap on those games because it's impossible to try and recap a game where you're also trying to watch, uh, two, two children under you the age of five. You have responsibilities, man. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, so I always sign up for the, for like the Friday or Saturday games, but those are also usually the games lately that have been in, in town or at home. So I don't even know if, I don't think I've recapped one loss yet, or maybe, maybe I only have one loss so far. This so entire I season. really hate you is what you're saying. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. I, I knew there was a reason I didn't like you, man. Well, hey, if it, if it's any consolation, it's really hard, you know, when you're there with your with your media credentials, sitting live at the Pepsi Center. It's yeah, hard to write yeah. a recap. <laughs> I feel you. That's 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 Mars's excuse all the time too. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that needs the boss, and he just doesn't have to do it. Yeah, he's like, no, I'm I'm high man on totem pole. Uh, someone else can write this recap. <laughs> I graduated from this. Yep. Uh, all right, let's let's get into the next game. Speaking of not not defending the three point line or defending it all in general, not defending um, part two. Yeah, the Pelicans. <laughs> right. right. Yeah. So the Pelicans. So at least they they hung around. The Nuggets hung around in the first half. They were only down by one. Right. Um, sixty seven to sixty six. Though. Uh, yeah. That... Yeah. Sixty seven points and only down by one. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, in that in that game. Uh, were they they were kind of doomed from the start, right? I mean, the minute you saw Kenneth Freed is going to defend Demarcus Cousins, you pretty much had to chalk it up as a loss. Well, it's one of those games. I mean, Drew Holiday has not historically been a Nuggets killer. Um, he was so that you, game though, huh? So you were yeah. So you were hoping that he would have a bad game so you could make up some points on the outside, so that you know if Drew is not shooting well, then at least you can. You can make it up, but he was hitting everything, and he was driving that bucket, and he was hitting step backs, and you know right. he just didn't care. He was on. He's he was good to go. That was a very good performance from him, and or a very bad defensive performance for the Nuggets, because once again, their guards didn't stop anybody, and so it's a recurring theme when you when you you know sign up offensive players. It's hard to expect them to also play defense, especially when they're babies. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And they're and they're playing a guy like a, a Drew Holiday and Rajon Rondo, or I mean, these are these are vets who know yeah, how yeah. to and tough Experience. vets too. I yeah. Mean, exactly. Yeah, they're not the. It's not. It wasn't a good matchup, pretty pretty much across the board, right? I mean, there wasn't. Um, I don't think there was anywhere you could really look on that uh, in that game and say that that guy on the Nuggets uh, really got the better. I mean, Gary Harris had a big game for him. Um, with with twenty four points, but uh, otherwise, even though I thought like even though they were in it, you know, in that first half, it just it still once again just felt like man, they're just they're just not playing well, and they're not gonna they're, it's not they're looking like that that poor road team. Well, and the problem that you run into, I mean, when Gary Gary took what like nineteen or twenty shots in the game, like it, you don't want Gary Harris right. shooting the ball twenty times. That means that something's gone wrong with your offense. Right. Um, that's that's not his game. He's not usually the guy who has to do that. Um, and he did all right with it. Like, I mean, he was he, – he hit most mm. of his shots. He was fine. He's what? Like, I think – yeah, we'll look it up. Eight for 19, yeah. So, yeah, he was all right. He, I mean, he did he got, all right. He got to the free throw line a lot uh, as right. well, which helped him out. Oh, and that's, and that's rare for Gary. So, he was, he was being aggressive. But, man, like, I mean, they even hit threes. And if they didn't hit threes, you know, they shot 45% on threes and they still got, you know – blown out by more than the score would indicate because of the yeah. late close by the bench. Right, right, yeah, which is funny. I was just going to say, if you look at it's funny you look at the plus minus and see Jamal Murray was a plus 12, but I think he got about like eight of that 
uh, right there at the yeah, that was right at the end. Yeah, exactly. Right there at the end, which is why, which which is also you look at Emmanuel Mudiay and he was minus eighteen, and you realize ah, it was actually probably like minus twenty six. Right. Uh, throughout the game, which was an interesting thing because Mudiay, we were kind of talking about this during the game. I mean, Mudiay had he had seventeen points. So like on someone on its face, you look at it and you're like, well, you know, he didn't have such a bad game, but. I mean, he took 13 shots. He 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 had two turnovers. I I don't know. I just I watched him that game, and I didn't think he was very. I didn't think he was very good at all, uh, to be honest. Moody has weird games for me, man. Like there will be times where he scores a lot, and I'm like, he was abominable in this game. And you're like, well, right. he had a 17 points and you know some assists, and he was all right. Um, and then there are games where he does like a you know 10 uh, 10 points, five assists, and I'm like, that was a perfect game from him. Right, right. You know, it's it, you can't you can't look at his points and, and see what he did for the team. It's it's so many of the other decisions, much like it is with most point guards, but especially with Moutier, like limiting mistakes, limiting bad decisions and turnovers and poor defensive rotations and whatever are huge with him. And so in a game like New Orleans, like you said, he scored, but I, I still didn't think he played that well. Um, you know, unlike get the game against uh, Dallas last night. You mean Orlando? Or again, Orlando last night, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, he, he played, let's see, yeah, I think, I mean, I think we could probably turn the page here on this Pelicans game. There's not much there's else. A, there's not much to talk about with the first two games, man. They didn't show <laughs> up early, they got blown out early, and they never quite recovered. Like, it, they, that's just how right. it goes. They were just outclassed the whole way. Yeah, so, I mean, though that Magic game, they, so they get the win, which is interesting. I, I thought after the Pelicans game, um, really after the Mavs game, but then just seeing them get get their butts whooped again, right? Um, I was like, man, I don't think you're going to win a game on this on this road trip. But you forgot about getting, Orlando. Well, but Orlando's a good team. You just you don't realize that they or they they were a good team. I should say they're a good team if they have anybody playing. Yeah, right. Then now they're all hurt, and so they've kind of kind of had a slide here. So that's that's kind of I guess the way I was going to take. You know, Orlando, I mean, but I, so I look at this game that they played um, last night, and I, I try and think of, okay, so who who really had the, the good games? Moutier did have, um, I thought, a pretty solid Moutier, game. Moutier was good tonight. They needed he was, him to be, and he was good tonight. He he was I mean he Last finished at at the uh, at, at the rim right that was that was I think the main key um, right he fin- he finished the drives he can always make drives he's got a good first step for a guy who's like slow as molasses on defense he's got a <laughs> he's got a good first step on offense man he can drive the bucket it's just right. that he likes to step around people fade away from the bus from the from the bucket and fall down on a on a two pointer that barely hits the rim like that's right. That's his preferred shot. So when he goes strong, he heads up for the rim and carries the ball up to the rim with him, he's a good player. Um, and he finished it tonight, and they needed him to do that. Um, especially really with the, way the, st- yeah, the starting ahead. lineup. No, the, yeah. I'm just saying with the way that they brought Will Barton you know, into the starting lineup, it meant that um, the bench really had to take care of itself, although Will played the whole game. So, you know, maybe not. <laughs> well, he did get five minutes that he got to sit down there. Yeah, um, that was all at the end, man. He played like the first. He played what, he like forty three of the first forty four minutes. Yeah, well, I think he only he had one minute. He sat down for one minute in the first half, like forty um, seconds. Yeah, like not right. let's not even give it credit. Like he was down <laughs> for literally no time. The thing too that really helped about Moutier though was that the um, the starters actually got off to a terrible start too. I mean, yep. they got the Nuggets got behind quick again. It started looking like it was going to be like just like that Dallas game. Um, they only the Nuggets only get 14 points in that first quarter, and then Moutier kind of came in and, and really, uh, really provided that spark for him. Him and him and the other guy we thought had a great game was Malik Beasley. Malik was um, outstanding. Malik, but Malik is the only one of our. Uh, well, I mean, Gary Harris plays defense. I, uh, he obviously does. Um, but of the of the younger players of the the Moutier, you know, Murray, um, Wancho. Uh, yeah, yeah. Of of the younger guys, it seems to be that um, Malik Beasley really takes it seriously on that end, which is funny because that wasn't really his rep at Florida State. Right. Um, but he he puts in the work. Like he's a kid who just wants his time. You know. Apparently, coach said, "Well, if you defend, I'll put you on the court." So he said, "Fine, I'll defend. Give me some. Right. Let me wait, give me a shot." Um. And and he and he took a shot and he made what nine points in the in the second quarter last night. That was that's what they needed from him. 
um, right. defense on the wing, you know, defense on the outside, and uh, some scoring, and he got both. Yeah, yeah, and, and he and he hit, you know hit a couple threes. He really played. I mean, he just played within the game, yeah. um, and then made the most of his opportunities when he got them. Um, but I think you bring up the great point because you know he's playing, and I think I think a lot of people are probably a little bit surprised by this that he's he's playing over Wancho um, yes. right now. But I think that's a basically you know Wancho got mono, and so they they gave Malik that. If you'll remember at the beginning of the year, Wancho was getting like a you know a, a seven minute shift. There at the from the end of the first into the into the second quarter, and that yeah, was the, the only rollover minutes, yeah, right, and that was it. That was the only um, uh, minutes he was getting in the game. And then Beasley, when Wancho got mono, Beasley stepped in and took those minutes. Um, and, and he's just he's just basically done that the whole time. Is he's played just played with himself, made the most of his opportunities, and he's worked his butt off on defense. Um, and and I think coach is basically saying, you know what, if if, if it's working, he's 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 earned it. Uh, I'm gonna keep going with him, and, and yeah. you know, it stinks for Wancho, but I don't know that that's 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 the wrong move right now. Well, and and the thing with the thing with Beasley is he's not trying to do too much. I think uh, it, both uh, both Beasley and Wancho in summer league showed that they are not um, primary option kind of guys. Certainly not right. now, maybe not ever. Um, and Wancho was trying to do too much and Beasley, now that he's in the regular season, you know, well, first off, he doesn't have mono, so that's helpful, but you know, (laughs) he's, he's also accepted his role. My role is shoot a couple of threes. If I'm open, you know, run in transition, uh, play defense, basically be Corey Brewer with a shot. Can I, you know, can I do that? You know, and and apparently so far he's doing it. So that, that makes me really happy for him because that's what I wanted from him. And I'm glad to see him getting uh, forcing his way into the rotation. It's good for him, and it's good for the Nuggets. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's and it, and it, because well, it gives you um, it gives you more a little bit more options here, depending on what happens in the off season, whether or yeah. not uh, whether or not you can retain Will Barton, whether or not Wilson Chandler opts in or opts out, knowing that Malik Beasley is a wing um, that that can play in the NBA. Uh, gives you gives you at least a, a nice safety blanket there in case and is doing okay as a small ball three in a couple of minutes too. Right. Like if you'll notice some of his rotations, he's been he showed up a couple of times in the last few games. You know, defending small forwards, he's not a big guy. People keep thinking that he is. He's he's, he's probably the same size as Gary Harris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. But uh, but he seems to be able to take the um the contact better than Gary. Um. Whereas Gary Gary gets back down a little more easily, even though Gary's bulked up significantly since college. Right. Yeah. Um, so if if uh, Beasley can work on his body that way and can be a, a small ball three and a normal shooting guard, that would be great. Like that that would be perfect for what the Nuggets need as a swingman to replace somebody like Barton, like you said, if he's gone in the offseason. Right. Exactly. Because that's exactly what Barton is right now is a small ball three. Right. Uh, well, right now he's guard. a point guard. But yeah, usually yeah. <laughs> he's a small oh, ball three <laughs> slash shooting guard. Oh man, you know I gotta. I, I this isn't even really on the run. I was just gonna say I've I've one hundred. You know, at the if you ta- asked me at the beginning of the year, I probably would have been like, yeah, I'm fine with them letting Barton go. Um, now I'm starting to think I really hope they re-sign him or they really figure something out with him. Because Will Barton might be, a, I mean, I, I'm starting to think he might be a really, really good player, uh, who could be a, a starting player, um, in the NBA. You know. Well, and the the problem that they have is replacing his bench production is hard. He's not always efficient, but he's always right. willing. Um, right. I think it was was Gary Harris a couple of games ago said that they don't always match Will Barton's energy, you know, right. off the bench, and they have to start right. doing that. Um, and I, I thought that was a really interesting comment that, you know, they have to le- learn how to bring it at that level and just be ready to go. Like Barton played 43 minutes tonight and you'd never know. Didn't um, look tired, right? No, no, no. He wasn't, he wasn't huffing, puffing, hands on shorts, nothing. And Will always says that he could do that. And you're like, sure, sure you can. But right. he's not kidding. Like he takes his conditioning very seriously. Will Barton is a baller and, and he, he wants to go out there and play. So he'll never ask out. And that, yeah, no, I like that about him. You know, he was saying this in the he was saying it in the locker room just just a few few weeks back in the game. I think it was Allie probably asked him about, um, you know, he played a bunch of minutes and he said, you know, he's like I could go out and go play another game right now. He's like, this is just, he's like playing bat. I play basketball all the time. I've played basketball all the time my entire life. You know? <laughs> right. This is just what I do. 
Right. Um, and I, and again, he's still he's still in his prime. Like he's it's not like oh, he's yeah. an older player. Like he's twenty seven. You know, yeah, yeah. He's... Barton Barton's playing well. He's he has his up and downs. He's not a star player, you know. But as a sixth man, it's hard to do better than him. Right. Um, and a guy who can step up into your starting lineup if you need him to. Like those are those are important things. A guy who's willing to ball off the bench, but is capable of starting, is a really good asset. Like that's really helpful for your team. Right. Well, and 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 in in today's NBA, it's all about versatility, right? Yep. Uh, and and here's a guy who can play three positions. Right. Um, that's that that's huge. And and he can come off the bench or he can start for you. I mean, he's 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 a good player. And you know what? His defense has been pretty solid this year. That's the other thing I think too is he's he's been a better. I mean, everybody in general has been better on defense this year, but uh, Barton among them. Well, yeah, and, and you would think with his length that he'd be able to, even though he's somewhat, you know, um, weight challenged when it comes to defending yeah. the bigger guys. But uh, really, I think that the Nuggets are going to have a lot of trouble replacing him. So I hope that they can come to some kind of agreement um, this summer. If they do, though, again, it's going to replace Malik Beasley. His minutes are not going to really be there. Right. When you have a filled out roster, like it's the reason that you have minutes for him now is that you have some other guys playing power forward and, you know, you, you can play uh, Wancho some at power forward if you wanted to. You've got some some of those minutes, but you don't you're not going to have a lot of guard minutes. That's all going to be um, uh, you're going to split a bunch of them between Barton and. Um, Harrison Murray. Har- I mean, yeah, Barton, Harrison Murray, and that's three guys wanting 30 minutes a game. Well, that's all your guard minutes. So right. now you've got Moutier and um, and Beasley. Beasley to fit in. Right. So it's yeah. just going to be you're going to have a crunch there. And like I said, if if Beasley can play some some small forward minutes, that will help him get ro- like rotation time. But if Barton has to move to small forward minutes to get Moutier some time, then that's not going to be there either. So right. they're this summer is going to be that call. That's why I want to see Beasley get as many minutes as they can get him because his role will be likely much larger next year if they can't retain Barton. They can't. It would be nice. You know, I was thinking this the other day. What would be, or what would be interesting is if that Wilson Chandler opts out, which I don't know. There's another thing at the beginning of the season I thought was a sure bet, but now I'm right. not nearly as confident that he will. But if he does opt out, it would be interesting to see if you try and re-sign Barton and then maybe go with a starting lineup of Murray, Harris, Barton, Millsap, and Jokic and make that you know your group. But like like we said, I mean you've got to then find someone who can replace that scoring punch off the bench, which because I don't right. necessarily think they've got that guy on their roster. Other than Murray, um, if you could find some way to find another guy to play starting point guard, Murray could potentially be your scoring punch off the bench kind of guy. Um, Maybe, but we, he needs to be a little right. bit more consistent. Well, and probably. again, Malik, now Murray, when he play, when they played in college, um, Murray and Beasley are the same age. They came out both as freshmen. Um, Beasley shot with him while he, before the stress reaction in his leg. They were right. shot for shot in college. Like, their their percentages were basically identical with, with, um, with Malik being more of a rebounding guard, more like Barton, who gets a lot of rebounds for a guard. Um, right. So it's interesting to see where they're going to go. Like Beasley has a pure shot; he can shoot. Um, oh yeah, no, no doubt. That's man. not he's, a he's that's not a problem. The team. Yeah, yeah. So he, I don't. As far as scoring punch, they could do way worse than Murray and uh, Beasley working together on the bench. They just have to see whether um, Emmanuel Moody is going to be that point guard or whether they need a different one, so that they can get the actual production out of their bench. If you do, if you're going to move somebody like Barton either off the team or into the starting lineup. Right. Right. All right. Well, tell you what, that was good. That was a good. Uh, that was a good first half of the show, right there. Um, good and a good tangent there at the end <laughs> onto what, what what the Nuggets will do with Will Barton, um, which is funny. We I think we talked about that last week too. So it's on our mind, right. man. What can I say? <laughs> it is. Well, I'll tell you what. We will go ahead. We'll take a break, and then when we come back, we'll get we'll look forward to this next or to the end of this road trip, um, and then we'll get into our Nuggets fan gripes. Uh, so we will be right back. We've all been there. When the budget's the tightest or a time is the shortest, that's when disaster strikes. The last thing anyone wants to deal with in these times is an electrical issue in their home or business. 
Maybe your light suddenly won't turn on. Or maybe a home inspector wants that electrical service changed before you can close out on a property you're selling. Heck, maybe it's not even an emergency at all and you're just looking to finish out your basement or get some power ran to that new AC unit. Whatever your need may be, give Sun Electrical a call. They're a family-owned and operated business that serves the front range and you can be assured that you'll not only get the highest quality service, but you'll also get the most affordable price as well. Mike, the owner of Sun Electrical, will come to your home or business personally to evaluate your situation and provide a free estimate. And he stands by the work Sun performs as a fully licensed and insured electrical contractor. So give him a call, 719-659-6888. Don't be fooled by the phone number as they'll serve the entire front range from Colorado Springs to Fort Collins and everywhere in between. That's 719-659-6888. 719-659-6888. Sun Electrical, the home of truly affordable electrical work. Just a young gun with a quick fuse. I was uptight, wanna let loose. I was dreaming of bigger things and wanna leave my old life behind. Not a yes sir, not a follow-up. With the mold, have a seat in the foyer. Take a number. I was lightning before the thunder. Thunder. All right, everybody, welcome back into the Pickaxe Pundit Show. Zach Nikosh, Gordon Gross, we're from DenverStiffs.com. You're listening to Nothing But Net Radio on the Dash Radio Network. Um, we spent that first half of the show talking about this road trip and then getting off into a tangent about Will Barton. Now we're going to go and, and take a look forward to the remaining three games um, of this Denver Nuggets road trip, which uh, it gets it gets tougher from from here. I would say to be it'd be a safe. Um, if they can get bet. one, if they can get one game, man, that's that's huge, and that only gets them to the two and four I predicted before we started this road trip. But they this is they could go zero and three very easily. Oh yeah, oh yeah. There's no doubt they could go on three. I mean, the next game they got just coming up here is, is against the Pacers uh, on Sunday. Pacers, one of those, another one of those Eastern Conference teams, sneaky, right? They you didn't think they were going to be very good. In fact, you thought they were in full rebuild mode. Um, Oladipo has been Paul killing George. it. Oladipo and and, and Sabonis uh, have been exactly what they thought they were trading for. Right. Like it's been basically perfect. I mean, last night they took out um the the Cavs. Like and and you have D- Oladipo being like, "This is our house. Like, right. You can't come in here walking with swagger, hitting threes. Like it, yeah, they they are feeling it, and uh, they're defending their home court. So. Right, um, right. Unless they're viewing the Nuggets as a trap game, that's going to be a tough one. Right, and they've they've won three in a row. Um, yep. As well, so they're they're going hot. And, and the thing is, it really is Oladipo. So Oladipo, I mean, he's having a he's having a huge season. Is he he's a number one? He's been given this number one option, like he used to be uh, when he played for Indiana, the Hoosiers, right. back in college. Uh, and he's and he's just running with it, man. I mean, he's scoring over twenty three points a game. Um, He's he he looks he looks comfortable, you know, yeah, which is getting assists, playing defense. He, right. Uh, there's uh, there's a you know they always call things the Ewing effect when you lose your your best player and everybody and you keep winning because everybody just picks up the slack. Right. Um. Well, I I want to know if there's like an anti Westbrook effect where people leave Westbrook and get better. And they just play better. Um, I'm curious, man. Like you're watching Paul George and, uh, and play very poorly. Uh, right. Next to um, next to Russ right now, and you're watching Oladipo play really well, not around Russ. Right, right. And I was gonna say, well, well, Durant always played well. No matter Dur- yeah, it's, it's yeah. Don't, we don't judge things <laughs> on the Durant. Durant's right. the, the exception to every rule there. Uh, Ibaka didn't play very well when he left Oklahoma City. He's playing fine in Toronto. Yeah, but he was he was awful in Orlando. Well, yeah. Then maybe he just doesn't like Disneyland. Which one? There you go. I guess. I guess. Yeah, but uh, no. I mean, going back to Oladipo, the thing that concerns me the most. So, like, when he was coming out of college, I thought he was a guy who had he had a lot of like Dwayne Wade kind of kind of style in him, um, which is he's this he's a shooting guard. He's a small shooting guard who operates with the ball in his hands right. uh, a lot and likes to drive and get get to the uh, get to the rim. Um, after what we just saw Dallas do to the Nuggets. 
it's going to be trouble, man. And he gets, he's, he gets his assist too because he will pass it to open right. three-point guys who will shoot. Like that's that's right. going to be an issue. And, you know, Sabonis isn't the biggest um, guy in the front court, but he's got good feet. He does good things for, for rebounds. He's um, he's right. a smart player, you know, and Jokic would roll him. Jokic is not playing, as far as we know, so that's going to be an issue if and don't Trey forget the guy, they got Miles Turner as well. So yeah, yeah. Like that. No, no, you got you got Miles Turner cleaning it up. Like it's exactly. Yeah, they're doing. They've got a nice little like, young nucleus there, and the Nuggets are going to have to figure out how to crack it. Uh, because that, as far as I can tell, that's probably the most winnable game on this trip. Yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm just looking over the roster right now, and it really is like, it's a solid. It's a solid roster. I mean, Thaddeus Young, uh, yep. Bogdanovich. They got uh, they got they got Corey Joseph. Off the, they got Lance Steve. They're getting they're getting quality minutes out of Lance Stevenson. Again, he just back, loves Indiana. Back man. Home, what do you want? Right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, did he blow in uh, LeBron's year in that win against the Cavs? Do you know? <laughs> that I that, that can be neither confirmed nor denied. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> right. I can't tell right. you that. But yeah, it's um, I don't think. It's funny. So you think that that's the easiest win because the other two games are are Detroit and and Boston, which obviously Boston is uh that's probably not gonna that's probably not gonna happen. Um, it's hard to say, man. Detroit Detroit's been playing really well. They just they just barely lost to the Warriors. Um, right. Like, but they they're playing interestingly um, because they don't do anything brilliantly. They just squeeze you a little on defense. They kind of remind me of the of the Grizzlies and like the way the Grizzlies used to be. Like it, if you if you wanted to have like a, a poor man's Mike Conley, that's uh, kind of what Reggie's turning into. Like it's they're doing okay, um, but they've Detroit's lost a few games in a row now. Like they started the season really hot, right, and they right. they've cooled way off. But I don't know that. What they are bad at, they will be bad at against the Nuggets, because nobody's bad at anything when the Nuggets play them on defense. <laughs> that's 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 very true. Yeah, no, uh, Detroit. You're right. They've lost five in a row, uh, and then their next game is against the Celtics. So that's uh, that's gonna be gonna be a tough one as well. <clears throat> the The interesting thing about Detroit, though, is as again another another team, though, like I said, they got off to a really hot start. Yeah. Um, but another team that's got an intriguing roster. Another one of these teams where you're like, okay, there's nobody there. There's obviously no like clear superstar. I mean, Andre Drummond has not been, um, has not been as good as you think. He's like one of those guys who kind of gets the piles up the, the, the hollow stats. Right. Right. Well, he's uh, been better this year though, man. Like, uh, no, he has, he has absolutely. Is he worth $24 million? I don't know. Oh uh, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, no, no. Well, they have a lot of, <laughs> they have a lot of overpaid guys. I, I'm not going to say that they, they have some guys that aren't decent, the problem that right. Detroit has is that what they're paying for their roster is not what they're getting out of their roster. Right, exactly. But they've got some guy. I mean, again, I mean, Tobias Harris has looked has been having a really good season. Reggie um, Jackson's been pretty decent this year. Again, Reggie, like I said, it, I keep waiting for him to to jump to the next level, and he just keeps not doing it. Right. Uh, <laughs> Seems like we've been waiting that's for like just, five years. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I keep hoping that he's going to turn into what I think he's going to turn into, and then he, he never really does. Um, right. But Stan's Stan's getting a decent amount out of that, uh, or at least he did early. Um, and they're going to hit us, and they're going to be desperate. Like you said, they play the Celtics. I expect them to come to lose that game and to come in looking at home to stop a losing streak against a team that's missing its two best players. Right. While having a guy we can't stop in Andre Drummond. Like I mean, we can right. foul him, I guess. You know, but that's going to be it. Like I don't know what else you guys plan to do. Because he's a rebounding nightmare, so it's gonna be a it's gonna be a tough game. Like I think it's a toss up between that and the Pacers. As as, as far as which which one's probably the easiest for them. To right. Win. I mean, obviously the the Celtics game is gonna be the toughest game because it'll be the second right. half of a back to back as the last game of a road trip against the against Celtics, who are the best team, or at least tied for the best record at home. Right. I believe tied. Yeah. No. Tied that's, with the Nuggets, that's that one's gonna actually. suck. Which of course means we'll probably win that one and lose the other two. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, yeah. No. They. I. 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 I agree. I, I mean, the Celtics game is definitely the toughest, and the Celtics are um, just playing really well. It's kind of funny they they lose Gordon Hayward in the very first game of the year, um, 
but it almost I think it opens things up because then it's just pretty much okay. Uh, this is Kyrie show, and he's got he's got Al Horford to help support and kind of be that secondary playmaker. Um, and then and then and then these young guys that they've got uh, Jalen Brown and, and Jason Tatum. I mean, those are those are looking like two two hits uh, as far as picks. You know, I mean, Jalen Brown is, is the one that really intrigues me because he was he was one of those guys who I thought he went higher than I expected, but he's got all the measurables. And you're always concerned with those guys who like you know their number one asset when you look at them is like well, this guy's got you know great he's great athleticism he's got great length for his position. Right. Um, he, he's maybe not as great fundamentally. Those are the guys that you, you start thinking of, like the JaVale McGee's um, of the world or I'm trying to think of other uh, Anthony Randolph's of the world, right? These guys who have this, all the, all the physical tools, uh, but might, maybe aren't quite there in, in their fundamentals and then they never panned out. Jalen Brown has panned out magnificently, though. I mean, he's... Jalen Brown has been everything that I would have wanted him to be if he had come to Denver and everything that I expected him to never be if he came to Denver. Right. I literally cheered when he was drafted, not by us, because I was terrified he was going to get to us and we were going to blow it and screw that guy up. Because there was uh, the he's exactly the kind of player, like you said, like JaVale McGee, um, the kind of player that that the Nuggets love to look at and that never take advantage of in any way. Anthony Randolph, all those all those athletic guys who never ever figured out basketball. You right. know, Corey Brewer, like any any number of guys who. You know, should have been something great and weren't because, like, they could run and jump, but they couldn't play basketball. But Jalen Brown can play basketball now, and you know, the Boston Celtics are reaping the rewards. The Boston Celtics have, uh, yeah, are are the best team in the NBA right now. So yeah, it's um, it's gonna be a tough one. That one, I I just don't see. I I don't see the 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 whole game. It's just so stacked against them. I mean. Uh, with the schedule and everything else that we brought up, that that one is, feels like that's one of those games they'll probably end up hey, dropping. The, the only the only solution to that is Jokic comes back that game, you know, and the high from Jokic coming back. Yeah, you know, pumps even the team then, up. Whew. hey, even Jokic then. could go for forty. Come on, he could go for forty in the Garden this time, right? the TD Garden. But there you go. Um. All right. So the uh, brass tacks. Do do they win? Do they win one of these these next three games? Um. You'll say no, so I'll go with yes. There you go. You knew I was gonna say no. <laughs> yeah. Hey man, you're sticking to your prediction. I'm sticking to mine. I'm a hard no, though. You know, I didn't realize the Pistons had uh, uh, lost that many in a row. So if I guess that there's a little, I got a little more hope now. It's probably on that Pistons game. But like we said, they're gonna be. They're going to be looking pissed. To blow the doors yeah, they're, yeah, yeah. they're going to come out and try to rub some people up if they will have lost what six in a row by the time we see them. Yeah, right. that's that's not going to be good. Right. All right, that's uh, we wanted to. We still got about like about fifteen minutes left, so we wanted to we wanted to get into um, this final segment here because because we have. Well, we have the Nuggets fans have gripes. You know, that's that's the only way I can put it. Maybe we'll make this a a, a recurring segment. Uh, so here are the here are the here are the Nuggets gripes that Nuggets fans gripes uh, that I've seen so We're three far. games over five hundred and everyone's mad. Yep, <laughs> everyone's that is correct. Everyone's pissed off. Yep. Um, so okay, so the first gripe that I that I see, or this isn't even a gripe, uh, but I saw I've seen it a lot more lately. I've heard some guys on the radio say it, mention it. I've heard some guys on the radio say some crazy things, but um, that the Nuggets should have it goes hand in hand with the Celtics and how well they're doing. The Nuggets should have included Jamal Murray uh, for to try and trade for Kyrie Irving. That's 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 the first gripe I want to get into. Then the second one I want to get into is the one that everybody talks about nonstop and it drives me insane, um, which is that the fact that the Nuggets traded back in the draft. Um, and Utah Jazz selected Donovan Mitchell at, at number 13, um, and then the Nuggets ended up with Tyler Lydon and Trey Lyles. Uh, also, they missed out on OG Ananobi, which that one I, I have some more, um, I think people have some legitimate beefs on. Uh, and then finally, uh, the last thing I want to talk about is, this, is the continued narrative that the Nuggets didn't don't need uh, Jameer Nelson. So... Let's bust into these gripes. All right, Gordon, point blank. Do you think the Nuggets should have included Jamal Murray in Kyrie Irving trade talks? Yes. Okay, see, I disagree. I, th- I, I, I say I'm looking no. to help you out, man. 
but yes, I, I <laughs> my because my problem with Jamal Murray has always been that I don't think he's a point guard. So if he's not a point guard and you're going to keep Gary Harris, then you're letting Jamal Murray play the backup too. And right, why would why why would I not trade my backup two for Kyrie Irving? Right. Assuming, I mean, obviously Jamal Murray in in and of himself probably was is not enough to get Kyrie Irving. You're probably, I, I imagine, actually Cleveland would have wanted Gary Harris involved in that package as well. Um, which which I don't think either of us. Well, would you can do. only trade one of them. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, let's not go crazy. You know, the Nuggets probably would have tried to get, give it a package of something like you know uh, Jamal Murray. Um, Kenneth Freed, and then 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 some picks. Maybe maybe they go as far. I mean, because if you think about it, the one team who traded their star and actually got a pretty good package in return was uh, Cleveland. Um, so maybe Jamal Murray. You know, you try to think about what what, what could have beat Boston's offer. You, you know, a, a Jamal Murray, um, Kenneth Freed, Will Barton, and like a first round pick, something like that. Would something like that. Would have had to be in there. So here's why, here's why I don't do it, and here's why I don't include Jamal Murray in the talks, is because I don't think there's any chance that Kyrie Irving re-signs with this team after next season um, unless they win a championship, which I don't think there's any chance even with Kyrie Irving on your team, even if you had a big three of Kyrie Irving, Nicole Jokic, and Paul Millsap. I don't think you're beating the Warriors with that team. Um, and well, I don't think there's any chance that, that, that they do that, and so then that I think Kyrie ends up leaving Anyways, well, let me jump in. Like, it, if you are talking, like, the reason that Kyrie—I mean, Kyrie was Boston because Boston's a basketball town, which Denver is not. Um, but if you just look at it strictly from what he said he wanted uh, when he left Cleveland, was a team to be his own. He doesn't want to have to wrestle with some idiot, you know, who thinks he's the greatest player of all time, you know, who's right. who's playing next to him like LeBron, who won a ring. Right? Yep. Yeah, he didn't want any of that. So because of that, he decided that um, he wanted a team to be his own and not be challenged. Well, you know what this team doesn't have? Any any kind of, of leadership, like vocal in the locker room. Nobody right. who wants to take over. Nobody who wants to be in control. Nobody right. who wants to talk to the press. Nobody wants to talk to the other teammates in the, in the locker room for any rallying purposes. The Nuggets don't have that guy. According to Mason Plumlee, they ain't got that guy. Right. So – um, that void would have been filled by Kyrie Irving, who would have been a young star, who uh, Jokic is more than happy to play second fiddle to Kyrie Irving, even if he was better than Kyrie Irving. He doesn't care. Mm-hmm. That's not important to him. Um, and so if it's important, I think it needs to be important to somebody on the Nuggets. Honestly, I, I think they need at some point to find somebody who wants to be that vocal leader. Because right now, they haven't got anybody who wants to do that. Do you really want the guy, though, who basically hamstrung or, you know, held his team hostage and uh, wasn't wasn't happy being second fiddle to the greatest player on earth and wasn't happy winning championships? Do you really want that guy to be your vocal leader in the locker room, though? I, I mean, the Golden State Warriors are okay with Kevin Durant, even though he just really didn't want to hang out with Russell Westbrook yeah. listen to him anymore. Yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, look, Kyrie Irving's good. I don't know if I'd put him on Kevin Durant's level, though. That's the. I mean, there's another thing there. <laughs> well, no, you're not well. wrong. And and again, there were. I understand people arguing the fit problems, but obviously there hasn't been a fit problem in Boston with him playing next to Al Horford, and right. Jokic is like super Al Horford. So right. I don't. I don't see that he would have had a problem here. Um, I think that it would have been a risk worth taking. Um, if in right. two years you don't have him. Then you've shown that you could be that for any other like you know large scale point guard and or scoring guard who wants it to be his team instead. You've got all of that set up, you know, two years from now. Um, right. You yeah. Know, I, I you just I don't know, man. Millsap, so it would have been Millsap, um, Irving, and uh, Jokic. You right. know, you'd still have had either Murray or Harris. You know, you just still had a real decent team. You'd still probably have. Yeah, you'd still. I mean, you would. You you'd still have a good team. You wouldn't have a championship team though. And, and, and like I said, I still think you. Dude, end up the them. Nuggets have never. Had, we're fifty-one years into this thing. The Nuggets have never had a championship team. Well, it's the about time, that, don't you the, think? The, the idea that like you can only make a move that makes you a champion, so you make no, no, no moves no. at all. No, 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 no. But the point is, is it doesn't make you a championship team, and that I don't think. Uh, it, or that I think makes Kyrie Irving walk in two years. So I don't think it's worth surrendering an asset for two years of 
just making the playoffs and maybe making the second round of the playoffs. That's the whole point. Like, I get that the, you can't just expect to be a championship team all the time, but I don't think you should be surrendering an asset like Jamal Murray unless it's going to significantly give you a better chance at winning a championship. But you're um, not going to play Jamal Murray in his actual spot. Like, you haven't cleared that out for him. Maybe you trade Gary Harris in two years. Well, guess what? You're still surrendering an asset for a team that still might not be any closer to a championship because everybody else in the West is still a bunch of, you know crazy ass like LeBron in the yeah. Lakers kind of a team like what you can't plan for like well maybe five years down the road it's okay for us now to try to to try to compete for something you you compete now and you make sure that you still have enough room left to compete later you make sure that you still have enough young talent that you draft and you don't screw up the draft like you know the Nuggets did this year <laughs> all right segue I like it um <laughs> I like it. So yeah, the second the second gripe that I want to talk about. So the OG Ananobi, um, Donovan Mitchell thing. We might not get to Jameer Nelson, and I'm fine with that. Um, right. So because <laughs> I know we want to talk about this one for a bit. Okay. So here's the thing. I get the OG Ananobi gripe. Gripe like the Nuggets could have 100% taken OG at number 13 and just been done with it. They instead they gave up the they gave up drafting him. Um, to get Trey Lyles is is essentially what they the, what they want to do because they thought they could add um, Lyles and still get OG at at number twenty four. Uh, they don't, of course. Toronto gets him one pick earlier. Um, I get that. Like it, it was it was a it was a bad move. It was it was a bad play on the Nuggets front office part. Um, and and they and what I would say is they they tried to get cute. Um, thought that they were a little bit smarter than they were. Um, and it burned them. I get that. That that's a mistake. You can you can criticize that. The Donovan Mitchell thing, though, it's. I, I mean, we can. So basically, every player that was drafted after the Nuggets picked in any draft, should we? Why aren't we like showing highlights of all those guys? I'm like, oh, the Nuggets could have had this guy. Like, it's I just, get, it's the, it's the fact that they saw him cross in a Nuggets hat. So everybody that. thinks that the Nuggets drafted him and then traded him. It's just this gut gut thing. They had the same problem with um, Rudy Gobert. Yeah, Rudy Gobert, who they're like, well, we drafted him, and then we traded him. No, we never drafted him. We asked them who they wanted to draft. They said Donovan Mitchell. We drafted Donovan Mitchell for them. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. So everybody's clear on how this works. Right. The, the, a trade can't be finalized until the league office approves it. The league office cannot approve any trades um, until after the draft is over. They can't – they've got to wait, I believe, till the beginning of the fiscal – the next fiscal year – uh, which is July 1st. So uh, the draft happens and, and these teams, these make, they, they make the trades. They agree to the trade prior to making the pick. Um, but the trade can't become official till after the draft's over. So that's why Donovan Mitchell has to parade up there in a Nuggets hat. Um, when in fact that pick was already traded before he was ever selected. And then the jazz actually picked him. The Nuggets just had their guy run the envelope over, uh, to you know, to however I mean, you know, I I don't have any inside info on how this actually works. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I like I said, it's that's how it goes. That's what happens. Um, and and it upsets people that Donovan Mitchell is doing really well, and we traded our pick to Utah to once again give them a really good player who's going to curse us for several years to come. You know, I understand the frustration there, but we weren't going to take Donovan Mitchell, regardless of the fact that I think Donovan Mitchell is a good player. You know, uh, that right. we're not taking him. That was – we were never going to take him, not with the fact that Murray was untradeable. You right. know? And we had Gary Harris and we had Emmanuel Moody and well, we had Will I still, Barton. I know? still think that on that – on draft night, the reason that we dra- that we traded for Trey Wiles, they talked about – you know, Zach Lowe brought up the fact that we were supposed to get Kevin Love and then multiple teams apparently backed out of the deal. Everybody fell down on that one. Right. Well, um, I but still the think Nuggets, well, who's the who's the owner over there in Indiana? Um, I don't remember. I don't know. I'm pretty sure that was the, the the party that ended up backing out of it. Right, but, but that we were going to trade them to Indiana guys, Wiles and Harris. So we made the right. trade for Wiles, contingent on the fact that we were going to then trade for Kevin Love, and then that part fell through uh, with uh, with obviously. Uh, um, uh, they were going to add uh, PG-13. Uh, Paul George was going to go to right. um, Cleveland. Uh, he was to go to Cleveland, and the reason it got nixed was 
Indiana didn't want to send him to Cleveland. They wanted him to right. go out of the division, certainly, and preferably out of the conference, right, which they right. got. So, yeah, certainly not to LeBron. <laughs> but yeah, they, they didn't want to help LeBron, and I get that. But the Nuggets right. got caught up in the middle of that, and that screwed up their whole draft. But I, I understand that you know I would have loved Ananobi. I wanted Ananobi. Um, I would have taken Mitchell if they decided to trade somebody else and then draft Mitchell. But they did not draft Mitchell for themselves, and they were not going to. And that, right. the, regardless of how good a player Mitchell winds up being, that's that's not a direction the Nuggets were ever going to go. Exactly, he wasn't on their radar at all. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't brought into any pre-draft workouts. Now, granted, sometimes guys um, don't agree to go to pre-draft workouts, though most of them at that point in that late lottery will will agree um, because they, it's not as locked in as to where they're going to go. Um, but he wasn't in any of their plans. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't who they were going to pick. And so to me, it's it's just so asinine because it's like. Okay, so yes, Donovan Mitchell is good, or at least he looks good now. I mean, we've seen plenty of rookies look look good and then not end up being being so good. I mean, right. Jennings looked great. Tyreek Evans, great. Right, Tyreek right. Evans is suddenly good again. But well, and people uh, and people think that you know uh, they don't seem to remember that Donovan Mitchell is actually older than Jamal Murray. Right. Like, right. Exactly. That they are they are similar players. So it, maybe you're thinking that you know Donovan Mitchell is going to be better than Jamal Murray, and he might be. But they were dra- They are the same age at the same r- basic position, you know, with the filling the same role for a team. So they already drafted their Donovan Mitchell in Jamal Murray. Right, right, and and you know, he Jamal can still work. Jamal Murray still very, very, very well may end up being the better player. Absolutely, too. Right now, in this small snapshot of the of this beginning, this first twenty games of the season, it doesn't look like that. But, um. There's, there's the 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 book has certainly not been written on either one of these guys um, so far. So that's the, I guess that the, it's funny. I'm glad you're with me on that one. I thought you were going to be against me and you were going to bemoan the Nuggets passing on Donovan Mitchell. No, I, no, just a dozen other players that they just, that they could have right. taken instead of Leiden. But no, no, Donovan Mitchell, I'm with you on. Right, and and, and I give I I'll give into the Nuggets gripe that that drafting Tyler Leiden was a peculiar move. Uh, especially right after you drive, just traded for Trey Lyles. Well, and um, once you once you know you're going to have Trey Lyles because your other trade fell through, why right. are you then drafting Tyler Wyden? That makes no sense at all. Yeah, I know. I agree with you. It makes you wonder if maybe they thought they still might be able to get it pulled off there. Um, maybe. And again, it's nothing against Wyden. I, I he's he's played a couple of games in the uh, down in the G League. He's looked all right. Um, but I he's got a long way to go. And he's certainly not helping the Nuggets out anytime in the immediate future. Right. Not. Not. And definitely not in the way that. Uh, certainly not like OG Ananobi or, or OG Ananobi are playing. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. We have. Um, we have reached our time, so we are going to wrap it up. Uh, Gordon is at G Money Nugs on Twitter. I am at Zach Mikosh um, at Denver Stiffs, as I said, and at NBN Dash Radio. Make sure to give all those guys uh, a follow. Gordon, thanks for being on, man. Yeah, no worries. And uh, tell Ryan, uh, I hope he gets uh, uninjured soon and is good to go. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Questionable for next week. Right. All right, everybody. And speaking of that, we will talk to you next week.
It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs. It's time to get serious about California's failing infrastructure. More than 1,600 bridges are structurally deficient. Proposition 6 will make things even worse. Prop 6 eliminates more than $5 billion annually in dedicated transportation funding. And 6 kills local traffic relief projects already underway. That's why the California Professional Firefighters and California Association of Highway Patrolmen all say no on 6. Paid for by no on Prop 6. Stop the attack on bridge and road safety. Sponsored by business, labor, local governments, and transportation advocates. Committee major funding from California Alliance for Jobs.